That beat signifies not only the start of Davinders Miami up and in, but also the start of the baseball season. Can't wait. It's getting close. Nothing like Little League opening day. It's getting close. The longer that beat goes, you left it a little long today. I liked it. Just the yeah. longer. Love it. It gets so good. Just leave it there, marinating for a little bit. Nice. DJ ADSR, Wilbur Reyes. The man, good to see him the other day, back yeah, in action. Man. Caleb back in action, they had the baby, so. I, I asked him, hey, I'm like, hey, how, how are you sleeping? He said, not bad, not <laughs> bad. <laughs> he said uh, he's back, but but Christy's still, you know. Yeah. I'll tell you what he is doing. He's doing some, he's on it on the Instagram. Yeah, put, oh put, my God, Putting yeah. some beats together, putting some, some videos together. They're hot, so make yep. sure you check them out, ADSR underscore music. Yep. He's our guy. Gotta love it, but this is episode 45 of Up and In, number 45s, two of the best pitchers of all time. Carl Pavano, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bob Gibson and Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez. And Garrett Cole, I mean, he's he's one of the best pitchers now, but Pe Pedro and Bob Gibson, dude, when you think of great pitchers, the Dodgers, Bob Red Sox, right? Dodgers, Red Sox. Bob Gibson was Dodgers, no? Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals, Cardinals, Red Sox. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you what That's else, Pedro, I'll tell you what Pedro Martinez days. also did do. He did grab uh, Don Zimmer by the neck. Man. Throw him. <laughs> throw him I really ground. disliked Pedro when he was with the Red Sox. Oh, my God. Really, really terrible, disliked dude. Pedro. He, but, you know, Don Zimmer shouldn't have been, you know, 75. Shouldn't have been going after him. But he did. And, you know, it was kind of like uh, I got out of my way. But grabbed him by the neck. Threw him down. Loved what, what, it. What happened with Don Zimmer at oh that time? Gosh. Imagine, bro, like we're, when we turned 70 years old. And we have a little wapeton in us, and we still think mm -hmm. we got it, yeah. but we don't. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> but we don't. I'll tell you what, he went after him, though. He did, bro. He, he, didn't, he, he did he not did, care, he man. He did not care. He ended up bloody, but he and didn't care. He didn't care. And, you know, that's that's how I see him. The warrior. <laughs> he ended up bleeding there. I, I think right. Pedro le met, le met una uña yeah, in his face or something. But it shows it from the wide angle. He just runs around the crowd and just goes at him. Yeah. It's good. But Pedro, Pedro's become... You know, in his retirement, I I enjoy watching him doing analysis and stuff. Yeah. You know, he has the accent. Yeah. He's funny. He has charisma. Yeah. You know what else he's done since uh, retiring from baseball? He's put on some weight. Oh, yeah. Pedro no está tan flaco anymore. He's put on some weight, man. Because he was Christ, really thin. Man. Yeah, he was really thin and super athletic. But Man, one, one thing I It's wrote, the good life now, baby. Hey, it's the good life. They don't got to train as much. They don't got to eat. They don't got to worry about being on time to places. It's time to live the good life. They've earned la it. La vida buena. La vida buena. Man, the, the um, you know, Bob Gibson, aside from being one of the greatest pitchers ever, I remember one time they had him on a panel, and it was Bob Costas, and, and he was taught, it was all about the steroid era, and and then they also talked about Pete Rose and the whole thing with the uh, with the gambling, if he's a Hall of Famer, et cetera, et cetera. And they asked Bob Gibson, they're like, should these guys make the Hall of Fame? And he said, absolutely not. But then he threw him the second question. He goes, if you, Bob Gibson, were pitching, whatever, you know, back then, today, 
But you found out that the guy right across from you, 60, 60 feet from you, is juicing on steroids. Would you do it? He goes, absolutely. Of course. Of course, man. And that's what happened in baseball. You know, yeah. at first, a, a few guys started doing it. Yeah. And Seiko, a few others. But then, you know, I, I remember Sabeli de Valle, who used to work for Radio Mambi, I remember he told me that when, because he's, he's really good friends with the Cantecos, he said that, uh, I mean, he, he already since passed away, but, you know, he was really close with the Cantecos. And he said, Amandito, cuando empezó, Canseco y Maguire, Canseco parecía papá de Maguire. <laughs> Canseco looked like Maguire's dad when Maguire was a rookie. And then you saw Maguire then yeah. started yeah. Yeah. juicing and yeah. but but hey, you know, Bob Can Gibson, Bob Gibson, you know, he spoke some truth. He he said what he felt, but then they asked him, Hey, if the guy across from you were doing it too, would you do it? Oh, and he said, yeah. yeah. He said, oh, yeah. Can you imagine if MOB wasn't at least trying to contain it now? Because you know, guys are getting busted. Guys are still doing it. Guys are getting busted though. But can you imagine where the game would be if there was no regulation on that? Oh, man. I mean, li literally, the pitching mound would probably have to, at, at some point, you have to say, okay, you know, the guys have gotten this drug science down to a perfection. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't like before. Before, these guys were like big diesel, like Conseco was in flour and stuff like that. But <laughs> these guys, now that they're busting, they're tight, they're lean, they're flexible. So, and the ball's coming off of Tatis's bat super skinny at the velocities that's coming off of Giancarlo Stan. So, yep. so where would the game be? Would the mound be farther back? Would the fences be farther back? Where, where would the home run numbers be? But the right thing to do was what they did was to tame it. But, man, what a bad approach. Yeah. Man, you know what I mean? And I'm big on, on that now, you know, some, as older. But it's just. Somebody, somebody posted a, a video from the, from the Hall of Fame, from the Hall of Fame, from the Home Run Derby. And one guy who's not in the Hall of Fame, Mark McGuire. And and dude, they showed they showed McGuire in that all-star in that all-star game in the home run derby, just hitting jacks out of Fenway Park. Crazy. And it was impressive to watch. And I'm like, Crazy. dude, you know, I, I would have I would have just let it ride, man, you know? Amando, he was hitting balls in the Cardinal Stadium. They had that big Mac land. But it wasn't because he was just hitting it there once in a while. It's because he was hitting it there every, every all game. the time. You know what I'm saying? Crazy pop, crazy power. Yeah, every every single game, I feel like he he was. I, I went to I went to uh, Joe Robbie Stadium or you know Dolphin Stadium, whatever it's called now. Uh, Hard Rock, Hard Rock, Hard Rock Stadium, and McGuire. I saw McGuire hit 58 and 59 that yeah. year, and it was impressive. I mean, he put it yeah. like, in in the yeah. upper deck yeah, yeah. and and or and in center field. I yeah. mean, dude, like. Some monster, monster jacks. And then you have some guys who probably weren't juiced that were just really big guys like Galarraga because Galarraga put one in Marlins Park, remember, up there close to... Yeah, 529. Uh, yeah, something wild and crazy. Wow. But yeah, so uh, before we continue, you know, we, we went there talking about Bob Gibson, but this is brought to you by Diamond Dreams Miami Academy. Diamond Dreams Miami Academy, we're here. Um, 6U division is set. Not taking any more 6U players. Um, seven, you can probably use three or four. Got a surplus there at seven. You, we need to fill, um, eight, you, nine, you looking maybe for a couple nine, you players. I want to play modified baseball with experience. we got a nice little team we've put together, has some new players, a fall on our lap. Excited about that. 
And um, are 11U's ready to go? For the first so time ever. Go. First time ever. 11U, longer bases, longer mound. Um, instructional league, uh, I'll start working on those <laughs> rosters soon, but that's that's pretty much sold out too. So uh, we're in good shape, man. Happy for the fall to come and going to have some new rules, some new guidelines, some changes we're doing. Um, trying to work on some other fields and excited. Good to go. And we'll talk more about the uh, about the upcoming season soon in, in just a little bit. But also, uh, this is brought to you by Armando Alvarez. I'm a real estate agent. If you want to buy, sell, just need some real estate advice, contact me. You know how to reach me. We're, we always post this stuff on, on Instagram, so just uh, drop me a note. The real estate market's absolutely nuts, you know, so uh, I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to navigate anybody who, who wants who wants all the advice, man, because, like, look, today a buddy of mine called me. He's um, He works for, for News Nation, and they wanted to know about, you know, upcoming foreclosures because nationally it's increased a little bit. But, you know, like I told them, look, the, the real estate market's hyper-local. What's happening here isn't isn't what's happening in Lincoln, Nebraska, or even Orlando, or even Fort Lauderdale. You know, it's it's so local. So I could talk about what's going on here, which is we have very little inventory and people are fighting for homes. So, but but yeah, you know, if anybody wants advice, call me. He's your guy, and he likes cafecito. Yeah. So he's your guy. A lot cafecito. Throw out your Instagram. Give him your Instagram, Armando. Yep, it's uh, Armando Alvarez Realtor. And you can find me just like that. First name, last name, realtor, easy. Straight across, hit that follow button. Follow me. He's your guy. Write to me. He's your guy. Send me some business. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mike. So I, as I'm, I'm sitting here and we're recording today at my house. We're we're in my kitchen, which we we did a few months ago, and I'm looking at a book that I bought at Target yesterday for my wife, which is the official Dis- the official Disney Parks cookbook. I was in Disney World this past weekend. Um, very hot, extremely hot, but you know, we, we paced ourselves. We, we came up with a game plan. Uh, we left, we left Thursday night late and then, um, we hung out. Anderson and I hung out most of the day Friday while Anna still, you know, she was working from, from the hotel room. And then in the evening we went to uh, magic kingdom. And when I got in, you know, where they're walking and Anderson's like, Hey, I want to ride haunted mansion. So, you know, I booked the thing. We're walking, and Anna's like, oh, let's go this way. It's easier. And I'm like, oh, but the, the cheeseburger spring rolls that Mike <laughs> talked about. She's like, oh, well, we'll pass by later. So we go, get in Haunted Mansion. Before we get out, Anderson's like, hey, I want to go on Pirates. Let's go to Pirates. Go to Pirates. We ride. Get the next thing. All right, uh, Thunder Mountain. Perfect. All right, Thunder Mountain. So we're going at Thunder Mountain, and, and now Magic Kingdom's closing at 10 instead of 11. I, I don't know till when, but I'm like, all right, you know, and the fireworks are, are about to start. So I'm like, okay, so we'll go to Thunder Mountain, and then it'll, you know, we'll wrap up, and we'll, we'll go. So we go on Thunder Mountain, we leave, and the fireworks are still going on. And we started thinking about it, and I'm like, dude, if we wait for the fireworks to yeah, end. It's not going to happen. We're never going to leave this place. Never leave this place. We're going to be here for the next two hours. So I told Anna, let's, let's just walk fast and let's get out of here. So I walk right by the, the cart and there was a few people there. And I'm like, bro, if I stop there and eat, we're done. It's like, I want a fireworks and <sighs> that ferry, bro. We, oh, man. We got out of there. Got on the, the ferry was still waiting. 
got on it. It wasn't even that packed. Yeah, because if you get that crowd, it's out of control. Listen, uh, we have a listener, a buddy, Junior Duarte. He does my fertilization at my house for all my trees. And he's a listener. You know, he likes listening to the podcast. Uh, So, Junior, you're listening out there. Uh, Thank you for that. Text me Friday at 12.05. Yo, what's up, brother? Where are those spring rolls? (laughs) (laughs) And I told him, when you go to Magic Kingdom, go down Main Street. I give him the instructions. And then... um, and then at 5.01 p.m., he puts amazing way to exit the park. So we purchased him on the way out, dipped it in that sauce on the way out, and he loved it. Nice. Or one for one. One person's tried it, they love it. Yep. I got to try it the next time. Yeah, or Dude, I mean, un calor. Oh, so oh my God. It was so hot. I, I, I ran into a couple of- some uh, DD boys yeah. there. Yeah. It's always good to see that. Louis Orsich and, yeah. and, Ryan. and Ryan Hernandez. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the DD, uh, DD people. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan's other. mom, uh, we, we, we saw each other at, at Liam Dominguez's uh, birthday party. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Disney. And she's like, we're going to go to Disney, too. It's Ryan's birthday. Perfect. So I'm like, cool. You know, I'll hit up Eddie. Um, so I texted him. We ended up meeting up at, awesome. at Hollywood Studios. Awesome. I love seeing that. Makes me happy. Puts a yeah. smile on my face. The boys took a Puts picture. A the dads face. took a picture. G's up. Yeah. And broke. Que calor, bro. It's for the kids. Que calor. For the kids. Bro. After I saw him, I'm like, guys, we're going to eat something quick. We're going to go back to the hotel. Went back to the hotel and then went to Epcot. Was it packed I, or was it? It wasn't packed. Uh, that's, that's the trade-off. That's the trade-off yeah. there a little bit. Or so it's just, hot, you know, but, you know, people are avoiding it. Yeah. Some people do not go in July. Yeah. We did, but. Hey, Disney's good any time of the year. Yep. That's the way I see it. You know what I mean? With traffic, without traffic, with people, without people. When I go to Disney, I really enjoy it. Doesn't seem like it, but I really do. I really enjoy it. So I'm a, I'm a Disney fan. There's some yeah. parents that they're like, "Hey, I take my kids, but I hate it. I never want to go back." Yeah, but I, I like it. Yeah, some people don't get it too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people, you know, just don't don't get it. It's okay. It's fun. I, it's I have okay. a good time there. Yeah, but the story of Walt Disney's uh, big time. Yeah, like the guys. I like watching those documentaries the guys and seeing, G, you know, what the seeing guy how did everything started. And the amount of times he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do. And it's definitely a good good story to teach kids, you know what I'm saying? This so. is gonna become a Disney podcast. Yeah. At some be. point. <laughs> we'll get we'll get we'll go to the parks for free. But we'll do some videos. We'll we'll do the we'll do the videos. Hey, we're here, you know, eating the spring rolls. Awesome. Might might be the uh the official I can't wait to go back. spring rolls. I have the spring rolls on the way in and on the way out. Nice. I wonder yeah. if that cookbook has the uh, the recipe. We'll we'll try it out. We'll have to look it up. <laughs> but man, we uh, you know, we have we have a lot to talk about still on 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 this podcast. I sent you this video earlier because um, it, it gained you know gained a lot of it started a, a debate among people who played baseball, who coach baseball, who you know are, are are in the big leagues or aren't in the big leagues it's just um and i i talked to you about it i talked to carlos casanero about it i talked to uh sp about it david espinoza earlier today but a-rod came out on mlb network well actually yeah it was with uh michael k so it was a k and right. what's it called yeah, yeah. Uh, a-rod and k-rod yeah, yeah, yeah. or k whatever it's called um but he he was talking about how he would swing at the ball you know the what they taught players back then, you know, you, you make contact solid, you know, and the ball's going to gonna go, right? And he, and he even said that when you were facing a guy that threw heat, he would, he would practice by thinking of an imaginary ball when he was swinging in the tee and always aiming above the ball, but he would still always hit the ball. 
and he said he would see the ball coming and he was always aiming above it. And he also talked about how, look, you know, guys with the launch angle are coming in, their swing's longer, so you're, you're seeing more strikeouts, less average. Yeah, some people are hitting monster home runs, but they were doing it back then too. Then everybody started saying, well, you know, the it's not the right approach. Some people are like, yeah, A-Rod's saying this, but that's not how he swung the bat. But my 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 rebuttal to that is that A-Rod's swing was always nice and compact. You know, whether he hit it up or down or whatever. And and look, one one thing that he said can be can be refuted is that averages have gone down. You go to Marlins Park and the you, strikeouts and you, have gone up. The strikeouts have gone up. You go to Marlins Park and you look at the averages and you're like, what the hell? You look at like the stats right now. And aside from a few guys, it's it's not good. Yeah. It's yeah, not good. It's um I think that our age, generation, A Rod, those like we were taught, you know, stay on top of the ball, you know, strong top hand, don't let your barrel loop, you know, try to hit the top half of the ball, the guy's doing real hard, try to hit the middle of the ball, hit the line drive. Like it, we were never told get your barrel under the ball behind your body and then swing up. You know what I mean? This new generation now, some people teaching that a lot, and it's it's dangerous. I think you know what I mean. I've 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 always understood hitting to be put yourself in a situation where you're gonna see the ball for as long as you can, and the only way you can do that is if you get to the ball quick. If you have to make a decision when the ball is right out of the guy's hand, you know you got a lot of shit going on. But if we can wait for that ball to get longer, deeper. Before we attack, because we saw it longer, then you got to be quicker. You got to be more, you know, downhill, and and that's the way I see it, you know. And and I know that sometimes when you slow video down, it's not what you see. But my argument to that is, the way you practice is not the way always it's going to come out in the game. You know what I mean? The game is going to bring a lot of different emotions, efforts. Just, just alone testosterone and hype. Like you, you feel stronger on 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 game days. You know what I mean. Um, but I think you have to train to be quick and straight to the ball and find the middle. And then if something doesn't go like that in the game, okay. But that doesn't mean we should not train to be quick to the ball. You know what I mean. So. Yeah, man. It's uh, and it's. But a, it gets heated on Instagram and yeah, shit. Yeah, it it's heated uh, on these posts. People, everyone's a hitting coach, you know. Yeah, nobody no, played baseball, but everyone, you know, everybody's hitting. Coach, right. No, you know? and 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 my my argument against that is like, okay, so if, so if, if this is such a cool and 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 great approach, then why were like these hitters, you know, going to the All Star game hitting two fifty? You know, earlier today I was watching a, a video with Kirby Puckett. Dude, Kirby Puckett was a three hundred hitter, hit twenty something jacks a year. You know, Ricky Henderson, 300 hitter, hit 20 something jacks a year. You know, even even guys like, you know, Frank Thomas, who was a power hitter, was in the 300s. Griffey, you know, would hit 300s, maybe high 290s or whatever. But you were there. Like right now, you barely see any of these guys hitting 300. And it's like, you know, like if, if averages look down upon, no, dude, you, you got to score runs. You got to manufacture runs. I'm not saying. I'm not I'm not saying I'm a proponent of like okay let's pay let's play extreme small ball and and bunt and and all this but it's part of the game and and you can't just teach everybody you know line up 1 through 9 to to be power hitters yeah and and all the analytics in the world you're like oh no but it works because of the analytics and it's like 
Well, I'm not seeing it in the average. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know, I remember when when um when I would watch baseball younger, there was the Mendoza line. The Mendoza line was 200. No, nobody gives a shit about the Mendoza right? line anymore. Yeah, that's that. That's my thing. Like, so when you were like the backup catcher, and you even the backup catchers were hitting 220, 230. I'm under the Marlins. Have a guy hitting one. He's at 170 now. Mario Mendoza was his name. 200. 200. It's a Mendoza line. <laughs> the Mendoza line. He was the worst hitter in the league, and he kept the league above 200. But now Jacob you know? Stallings is hitting a buck 50. But, and but that's what good. I'm saying. Like, I think offensively, I think we've gone backwards this generation. You know, because exactly what you were saying, you look at all these guys, 300. Boy, well, those guys are caballos, bro. You're in, you're out. You know what I mean? And you look at the lineup now and maybe one guy, one guy or two guys. You know what I mean? And to have a lineup that has more than three or four guys that have 300 is unheard of. You know what I mean? A lot of guys in the 250s, 260s. And now, and now like but 260s oh, pretty but oh, good. But, oh, even the, but this guy's not giving us 40 jacks with the 150 batting average. This guy, right. he's not giving us 50 jacks. Oh, because he's a good defense. Listen, kids, you got to be good at both sides to be a big leaguer is the way I see it. You got to be a good receiver as a catcher, and you got to be a good hitter as a catcher, period. If you're a good receiver and you're not a good hitter, brother, you should probably be a backup. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we, can have, we don't have anybody who can hit more than 150. There's nobody we can pick out there in AAA. You know and, what I mean? And it's happening it's just, in, a, in a lot of teams, Mike. I mean, there was one day I looked at the matter, lineup uh, and I didn't see one guy hitting 300. Armando, but it doesn't matter who's receiving. Oh, because he does this, he does that. Sandy. Sandy threw a complete game yesterday. Yep. But he's, he looked great. But antes de eso, con este tipo cachando, they were, they were laser show. Right. Yeah, it's not so, like if it makes yeah. that big of a difference. It's not right? Yachty. Let's, let's not compare. Let's not say... Stallings is a defensive guy like yeah, the Ed Modena was. No, we're, we're not even on the same planet. You know what I mean? So easy with this guy. Let's find someone else. Yep. You know what I mean? That'll help. No, abso- help. absolutely. Can you imagine replacing his 160 with a 280? Makes a world of a difference. <laughs> Contreras is out there. Yep. No, there's a lot of guys that they could replace him with. And, and look, you know, going back to the, to the hitting thing, you know, a lot of people... A lot of people were talking about the Yankees bringing in Sean Casey. And, man, I remember Sean Casey being one of my favorite hitters. The guy's like 6'5 and would hit for average. Yep. He would hit 350, 340. I mean, he was always in the in the mix yep. uh, for best average in the league, you know, for champion hitter. And, you know, it, it comes to show, you know, you, it, if you're that big, you don't have to be a power hitter. You, you could be a contact hitter. hitter. Frank Thomas has monster power numbers. But Frank Thomas was a hell of a hitter. Yeah. Like he could hit opposite yeah. field. He could slap it between first and second. Yeah. You know what? They were one, just good hitters back then. One thing, Casey did get thrown out from left field one time. But it's a <laughs> line he drive. He thought they caught it. Yeah. Oh, man. That was funny. But, Amando, you know, everything is about the home run now. Everything is about, we don't see a guy carving like Greg Maddox on the mound. 86, 87 miles an hour, just straight up dealing. 
We don't see that because everything's about the power arm. Everything's about the power swing. But I'm going to tell you what the biggest, I think, that we can get our averages back up in the big leagues. If we go back to doing one thing, one thing, you ready? Let's have a two-strike approach. Let's open up our legs a little bit. Let's get closer to the plate. Let's choke up an inch, inch and a half, two inches, and let's fight our asses off with two strikes. Let's not just give into a strike three. Let's not try to, say, get pissed because you have two strikes and you're going to try to hit it out on with two strikes with a runner on third. No, man, let's go back to the basics. Oh, yeah, two strikes. Let's creep up on the plate. Let's open up the legs. Let's choke up a little bit. And let's not get that strikeout. Yep. Because if you if you get 10, 10 strikeouts, okay, and we, we put them to the side, and out of those 10 strikeouts, I say, Amando, we're going to go back in time. And these 10 strikeouts, we're going to put you back in the same situation with two strikes, and you're going to do a two-strike approach like you know how to do, and you're going to battle your ass off. You know what I'm guaranteeing you? Out of those 10, you're going to put the ball in play seven times. Guaranteed. Out of those seven, you're probably going to get two or three hits. You're probably going to get on with an error. You know how much that helps your team? You know what it does for your average? You know what it does for your, your payroll when you get older? Yep. You know what that does? It changes things, but you don't see that. When was the last time you saw even Mike Trout, bro, one of the greatest players that, well, do you see him choke up with two strikes? You've seen Tatis say, you know, I'm just going to battle this guy throwing 100. I'm going to bubble. Mike Trout to end the World Baseball Classic was swinging for the fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, trying to head off all, but all I think time. if we go back to that, I think, I think we're going to save a lot of strikeouts and we're going to get a lot more hits and you're going to see averages creep up. Because I remember guys doing that. I'm adding me, bro. Yep. No, back, back then I felt like, and I told this to, uh, to SP today, I felt like it was an art to, to hit. You know, you, you had guys like, and everybody hit different. Not everybody had the same approach. Like Wade Boggs, my dad would always say, about Tiaba Muñeca. Yeah, man. He was just making contact what, and like smacking it. With, for you young Tony hitters out Gwynn. there, or you people that are watch, or listening, or you're watching Arias, the way he hits with two strikes I, I love is it. the way everybody should approach two strikes. He just tries to tap it where it goes. He's playing the game of baseball. You know what I mean? And um, it's a lost art, man. He's quickly become back. one of my favorite players. Oh, yeah, quickly. Love watching him play. Got a couple, a couple linhas in the All-Star game, you know? Yep. Guys, no, the guy can play, man. And... Yeah. And look, and, and you know, one of, one of the guys that's, or, or one of the approaches that's a lot different than what we learn here is the Japanese approach. You know, like Japanese players, I, I feel like they hit the ball and they, they move with the ball. It's, it's, it's different. You know, we saw it with Ichiro, with Matsui, and now we're seeing it with Otani. Otani hit two home runs today. It works. And, and he threw a one-hitter, complete game. I, I think that um, the biggest difference I really, I'm not really big on style. You know what I mean? I'm kind of big on getting yourself into a good position to hit the middle of the ball. You understand? So these guys from Japan and stuff, what I think that they've mastered from a young age with their hitters, Amando, I think is the strike zone discipline. Yeah. I think that that makes them much better because hey they've won the classic <laughs> most of the time right three of the whatever so and every guy that comes here is a g and and by the way there's a ton of talent over there but they've mastered strike zone discipline you know what i'm saying so you know wherever they are they move or they shift but they put themselves in great positions they're strong they're in shape they manipulate the barrel they hit the ball but their discipline 
at the plate is very different, and it's it's evident in the World Baseball Classic. It's evident every time. You know what I mean? It's it's a huge difference. Yep. No, we're seeing you know? what we're seeing with Otani. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You know what he's done at the plate, mm. what he's done on the mound, and you know, and and then you know, moving on, but keeping on with Otani. The, the Angels aren't going to trade him. They're not going to. They're him. they're making a run. They made a, a huge trade last night uh, where they got Lucas Giolito, who's yep. um, a, a great pitcher. Um, you know they 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 got a couple of other of other pieces. So I mean they're they're going to battle. They're going to battle, and um, I I think they're you know they're they're in it because they they want to show they want to show Otani like, hey man, you know what we we really value you. And we want, you know, we want to make something happen. We want to make, we want to win. We want you to win. We want Mike Trout to win. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty impressive what what he what he's done and what Trout's done to his through his career for that team just to throw the white flag and say, hey, we're done. I mean, I, I think they got into a <laughs> position where they were able to say, hey, we're we're that close. So f it, let's just. Let's try to do it, and and they they traded their number two and three prospect in the minors to make this happen. What will it be enough to keep them? Who knows? But but hey, one last try. You want to know what I think? And you you heard it here first, Amando. Write it down. You heard it here first. You ready? Go for it. He's staying in Anaheim. Okay. Um, that conversation's probably already been had, Amando. And I have a feeling that this kid is a high character kid. And let's not forget that the only organization that was going to allow him to play two ways was the Anaheim Angels. That's why he signed with them. Okay? So I have a feeling that this conversation was had. And you know what? That's West Coast. He's West Coast. Maybe he wants to stay with it with Trout. And the organization has decided... We're going to go after this thing, and we're going to go after it with you for the next 10 years because I'm on. It would be stupid to not, to not sign the guy. Yeah. No, and, and, so and they I think, already have some, some nice yeah. young players that they could work around and, and just open up your pocketbook. They're not going to give away happen. those prospects to get, to get nothing. Like I'm, I think that the conversation's been had. They've given a range. Both sides have said, let's go. Maybe even they've had a a, a conversation with Mike Trout as far as restructuring and getting paid longer term, less money. You don't know. But in my opinion, with the writing I see on the wall, with what I see and I think, I think he's signing and staying in Anaheim. And Anaheim is going to have two what? Two what, Amandos? What are they going to have? Two what on their lineups? Two Hall of Famers Absolutely. that are going to go into the Hall of Fame with what hat, Amando? With the Angels. With That's the it. Angels A on it. Do they have any Hall of Famers? They, they. I want to say they do. Well, they're going to have two well, first. Rod, Rod, Rod Carew. They're going to have two first ballot Hall of Famers and possibly two unanimous Hall of Famers. Yep. And and I, w- I, was, uh, I was looking up, you know. Art, don't don't Art, make that money back. Art Moreno. Uh, the uh, Artie Moreno, the the owner of the Angels, he, he when they asked him if he was going to trade Otani, he got he got mad, um, you know, and and so so that that might show that that they may be opening up those pocketbooks. Look, mm-hmm. Hall of Famers from the uh, 
from the Angels. Well, this might just be Angels Hall of Fame because I because I see some names here that <laughs> aren't aren't uh, aren't Hall of Famers. But um, I mean, you have Albert uh, Pujols. Will he go no, into Nolan, Nolan Ryan? Well, 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 was with well, a was an angel. Will Pujols go into the Hall of Fame as an angel or a cardinal? I would say cardinal. I would absolutely I'm say the, cardinal. And and then Vladimir Guerrero let, let played me with the angels you, too. Let me ask you a question. This Rod day Carew, obviously, on the Tani thing. If you were an organization, okay, and you sign Otani, what's your TV deal going to look like? Huge. Huge dollars. And that's only in the United States. What's that TV deal going to look like in Japan? Because, hey, you want to watch the game? You got to go through them. Period. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that I think that all of this homework, I, I know what homework I'd be doing. I wish I was a GM. I think it's I, I already been done. Like, I, I think it's been done already. I think he's been done, and I think he's a he's a he's a he's a classy kid. And you know what? You gave me the opportunity, and he wants to come here and win with this team. And bro, maybe it seems to him and Mike Trout are buddies. You get along. You got the two best players. You know that team needs to think. You, you mentioned TV. That team needs to think. If they re-sign Otani, needs to think big time. Not just like, oh, with oh, the Angels, like, no. we have the Dodgers there. We're going to outdo the Dodgers. Outdo the Dodgers. We're going to outdo the Padres. We have Otani now. We have Trout. And we're going to go out and get you and you and you and you and you. Yep. But um, how many jerseys are you going to sell? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I think that those numbers have been calculated. And it will be stupid. If Anaheim does not sign this guy. Yeah. They, they need to try hard. I like, mean, they, dude, like, they need to try hard. But I think this is a done deal. You know what? It's um, like like I've always said, I would love to see him in a Yankee uniform. But, hey, if it's not, stay with the Angels. I mean, I, I think that makes total sense. They need to they need to treat Otani like n- not as a baseball player. They need to treat him as a as a, a celebrity, unicorn. as a marketing tool. I mean, and we'll talk a, uh, in, in a bit about, about Lionel Messi coming here. It needs to be that. It needs to be. Otani and then everything else, but you build a winner around Otani. No, no doubt. I mean, he's he's the, he's the guy. You know what I mean? He's the show pony. Um, but Amando, how much money is he gonna get? Upwards of sixty, sixty something, sixty five. I'll, I'll say a year. Wow, sixty five. He's making thirty million a year in just endorsements. Yep. But I'm gonna call out all the teams right now, Amando, because when MLB put up. The other day, like the trades that would happen, we shared it on our Instagram. Yep. The trades that would happen for Shohei Otani, I would look at the list and I'd say, okay, that's it. I thought they were a little weak. Yep. And I think that the Angels, if they did shop, if they did shop him for two days, which if I was their GM and their owner, I would have done the same thing because in order to make the correct decision, you need to know what the market is, right? So I have a feeling that when they saw that, or they, because it wasn't many teams, they were probably like, uh, sign this guy. Yeah, because it's like, who the hell could they give you? They're going to give you, bro. You got an ace you? and you got the best hitter in the league, period. You're the best hitter in the league and a top 10 pitcher. Once upon a time, the Boston Red Sox had a guy like that, and they sold him cheap to the Yankees. Babe Ruth. And what happened? 
He didn't pitch again, but hey, he hey, became the best hitter, the best hitter of all ever, time. Of all time. So, hey, you know, Angels, do it. Keep this guy. That's what do, I'm do what you got to do. And sign who you need to sign. Make a run with Mike Trout. Make it happen. He's your guy. Yep. Another, I mean, now we're going to start seeing all the trades. We saw trades already starting to happen. Today I saw floated around that Tim Anderson might be coming to to the Marlins. And and I think that's a good tr- that's a, that would be a great trade. For yeah, him I think that'd to come be a here. good pickup for us. I think that'd be an upgrade at shortstop. It'd be an upgrade in the lineup. And you know he's a strong presence. He's a strong, young, good-looking kid. He runs well, and it would be nice to to get him here in this mix. You know what I mean? But I really think we need a catcher. Yeah, no, Contreras, I, I think get, I think Contreras. That's Let's get Contreras. I think I think they'll get a catcher, and I I hope to make a couple of trades. One thing's for sure: they're going to be buyers, not sellers, yeah. uh, which is great. Uh, let, let's see what else happens. Let's see. I mean, the Yankees are going to be buyers too. Let's see what happens there. But it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, you know, the trades already started happening. So I'm, you know, I'm very, I'm very um, curious to see what's going to start happening now and, in, in, you know, before the trade deadline. The Padres making Soto, Snell, and Hater available. I mean, at least they're listening. Carlos Santana goes to, to the Brewers. So. The moves have started, Mike. Armando, sometimes, like the whole situation with the Padres, when they got all these guys and spent all that money, and um, you look at their lineup, and people are like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? But the formula is not there for them to be teammates for 162 exactly. games. And and I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think that that system works of stacking just – you know, a roster anymore. I don't think that works anymore. I think you got to have baseball players, man. Yep. You know, you got to have at least, at least on, on, on that roster, they all got to be baseball players, obviously, but those, those, like that kid at Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks, Colin, what's his name? Colin? Corbin Carroll. Oh my God, dude. Like, give me six of those on my team. The guy flies. He's always ready. He, it's badass. Like, you need those guys. And then when these teams go out and just spend all this money, you get those players that put up these big numbers. It's yeah, a lot they of, get a lot of personalities have to mix. And just because and you're from the same country doesn't mean that your personality's got to mix. Correct. Oh, they're going to play all these to get Dominicans together. No, 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 no. You got to build a team. Not that they even like each other. You know, you got to build a team. You know what I'm saying? The Marlins are doing better than them. But the Marlins seem to be, you know, a team, you know? Yep. Playing for each other, getting hits at the right time. But I'll tell you what, perfect timing. We said it. We were hoping that Sandy would get off to a good start in the second half. He looked great yesterday. He sure did. So let's hope he keeps it up. You know, the Marlins still in the mix. You know, Philly crept up on us. But, hey, you know what? It's uh, it's still early. Uh, it's still early. And I still think they can make the playoffs. So yeah, yeah, we're good. We got let's see. And before we move on to uh, a couple of other things, um, Mike, you know, we're we're getting ready for the start of the of the season, you know, Little League. You have your your first ever 11U team. Um uh, we have the 6U team which my son's playing in. You know, there's three very solid teams um that you built there. You know, talk to me about now, you know, the the, the fall and and what this means to the players. I mean, we we did see during during the summer at least with these 5-year-olds turning 6 Man, they, they grew so much, not only physically, just in, in, in the game. You know, now we're watching practices. We see kids catch in the air. They're aware running to the bases. It's it's night and day from what we saw last year in, in Tebow. 
Yeah, I mean, the, like like we've said, you know, the transition between T-ball and coach pitch is huge. That summer, you have to play. You have to practice because it's a different system, catching the ball in the air. And, and the summer really pushes you into that fall. This fall, what you're going to see, first five, six, seven games, it's going to be messy. Kids are going to have to learn the rules. They're playing in an outside park. If you're playing in Flagami, you got the traffic, you got the train, you got there's a lot of things. And then, you know, you don't control the umpires anymore. The rules are whatever rules they put. You're playing against an opponent. But I think after game seven, eight, yeah, everything will sit into place. The kids will begin to feel comfortable in the box. Remember, you got strikeouts now, you know. But the fruits of everything that you've done in T-ball, the fruits of everything you did in your summer ball, and the fruits of what you're going to do in fall ball, you're really going to start seeing it late February, March of next year. Yeah, late February, March of next year when they're in their second season in the spring, which is the long season, the competitive one, the more competitive one. Yeah, you're going to be able to kick back and say, okay, they know what they're doing. They're going to get the ball. They're going to throw it in. They're going to turn around. They're going to look for a play. They're going to get their hands up. The base runners are going to be making big turns, trying to get the extra base, getting to the line. You know, because the hands up, play dead. You know what I mean? Um, but that's what to expect in the 6U division and have a lot of fun and a lot of patience, you know? In the mix. Now, now it's when, ahora cuando se pone la cosa buena. cuando se pone la cosa buena, man, because now you're going to have to, my guarantee that everybody's going to have to have the talk on the way home with the kids struck out twice. Yep. Are you going to tell them, te comiste dos croquetas, like my dad used to tell me, oye, te comiste par de croquetas hoy, ¿qué está pasando? You know, no, pa, what do you mean? No, te está punchando, ¿qué pasó? Like, you know, like that's so how my dad was, or are you going to be, oh, it's okay, blah, 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 blah. What are you going to be? You can't, be on a competitive team and have the recreational mindset on the drive home. I hate to say it. You can be nice, but you better tell them the way it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Be nice. Be cool about it. I thought my dad was real cool about it. Funny about it. Cool about it. You know, remind me of the next day. My brother, oh, yeah, my brother, you know. <laughs> So, you know, the saying of don't have croquetas on game days, that's from, that's from my dad, bro. My brother. Yep. Oh, yeah, game no como croqueta. You know what I mean? But, you know, if you're going to want to be competitive, then you're going to have to maybe sometimes be tough. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know and, I mean? and there's a balance. My dad was, was, was similar. You know, we, he would just talk about it. Hey, you know, papi pasó esto, whatever. You know, he gave me his advice. The next day we were out on the field. Me yeah, and, back or, to work. Or in front of our yard back throwing and, or at one of the batting cages hitting. You know, one of the things I thought of today on my way here was, um, you know, how much time I would give myself after games. And when I got to FIU, I really, I was a freshman. I really didn't have, you know, I was a pretty good high school player or whatever. I had walked out of FIU. I really didn't have like a, a system. I was kind of learning from all the guys. And Jimmy Molina, which was badass center fielder at the time, you know, you know Jimmy Molina, lead off hitter, he's a police officer now. Um, you know, I remember that he would, you know, come in and, you know, have a good game or a bad game, and he would always go to his locker, blah, 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 blah. And there was one game where he was really, like, he didn't do well. And my locker was next to him. And um, remember, he was there putting his stuff away, and I was like, Jimmy, like, what do you, what do you do? Like, after a bad game, he goes, looks at me, he goes, I give myself an hour. I give myself one hour from the moment I get to the locker room. My girlfriend knows not to talk to me. I don't talk about the game. I process everything. And then after an hour, 
you know, I can go back to being myself. And I think that's good. I think that you should give about an hour, about an hour of it or half an hour of it, maybe at this young age where you guys can talk about it, you can discuss it, but then it's dead. You know what I'm saying? It's dead. Like you don't have to bring it up again. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to, it's dead. And I think that's a good system. You know, you get in the car, the drive home, talk about it on the drive home, the goods, the bads, you know, hey, more hustle. I need this. Did coach Mike, blah, blah, boom, coach Joshua, boom, boom, boom. 30 minute mark, an hour mark, it's dead. Back to being a kid, back to being dad. But you gotta be a coach a little bit. I, I read I read somewhere you know it was um a parent coach, and he said when he would get in the car with his son, he, he while he was still wearing the hat, he was coach. Hey, what happened there? No, hey, we gotta do this, we gotta work on yeah. this. And when he took off his hat, he was dad, and they could talk about yeah. whatever. It's Nintendo up. or we're gonna yeah. go to the the park yeah. or whatever. But I think it's important that especially once you're going to the competitive baseball like you are now, that you start teaching the kids accountability. You know what I'm saying? Like Amando, eh, kids are going to strike out. But they shouldn't be striking out. Five pitches should be hitting the ball. One of the five should be hitting it. Like, you should be. You know what I'm saying? Um, So... You give them a couple of games to get used to it, but if the strikeouts happen late in the year, we barely strike out. We barely ever strike out. But when you see like in a six-year game or seven-year game that a strikeouts happens late in the year, that a kid is just striking out, no, that's not okay. Like you got to be accountable. Like no, like this is coach pitch You're supposed to hit. The coach is putting the ball right there. You know, just like errors on defense or being asleep or 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 not hustling or. You know, throwing a piece of equipment, like whatever the case may be, like, you know, you may have to educate your child. You know what I mean? In a, in a tough, nice way or just tough or yep. just nice. But it can't be always nice. And then you want to be super competitive. Can't be like that. You know, and and for, you know, like some some people will be like, oh, but it's it's just, uh, you know, you've heard it, right? It's just a game. It's just a sport, right? But hey, when your kid's in school, you're not going to tell them like, oh, you got a D? Oh, it's just a test. No, no. Come on, though. It's, it's, my, when I, if, I, if I brought anything less than like a B to my house, yeah. I was going to hear it from, yeah, my, of course, from my mom. Of course. You know, and my and my dad was a little bit more quiet, but he'd be, hey, get the pasando acá. No, okay, okay, vamos a estudiar esto. Dude, this is like your... You know, no, if you're going to go into something, it's because it, you, you want it, man. It's just you, a you game. Gotta... It's just a sport until it gets competitive, until the kid next to you beats your kid out. And then it's not that friendly anymore. You know what I mean? Or you get to high school and, and there's 80 and it, kids for 20 spots. Well, it, it's not that friendly anymore. Like, And it's a life I lesson, just, too. You know? You know? It's a, to me, it's also a life lesson. You know, like, you're not going to be handed stuff. And, you need to learn how to be competitive. And there's a lot of programs out there that are recreational. If you want to play recreational baseball, you can. But my point is, is that don't have a recreational mindset and want to play competitive sports. It's not going to work. And you know what a recreational mindset includes? Missing practice. Mm -hmm. Missing practice. That's a recreational mindset. If you cannot commit to the eight practices a month in the program, you're recreational. You're super recreational. That's the way I see it. You're super rec. Not rec, super rec. 
can't commit to eight practices a month. Are you kidding me? That's why you're not on the competitive teams. You know what I mean? But, you know, hey, you're on the competitive squad. Absolutely. You're good to go. You're can't, ready can't to go. Wait. You can't wait to step foot in Grapeland. You can't I wait. wait. I want to go back to, to <laughs> Grapeland, my my home field, Pacual. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. You're going to see a lot of people, Armando, that, that you know. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be good. It's going to be nice. It's going to be real nice. Then I'll be like, hey, I'm a real estate agent, buy yeah. a house. Well, talking about <laughs> we're going to get Armando, uh, digo, Alex back on the show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, Alex, when he came on, it, it was great. And, yeah. and I think having him before the season is going to be key. You know, not only for for Diamond Dreams for for everybody. I mean, yeah. that when he when he came on, I, I got I, 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 so many people reached out to me that have their kids and 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 little league that play that play in the you know in, in, in Meba. So you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be good. It's gonna Very be fun, good. Man. But I, I I can't wait. And you know, and and being in competitive teams, I feel like let's say you know you're you're playing now and you're playing with like a stud, a stud. It's just gonna make you better. It's gonna make you more competitive. Yeah. One 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 very obvious example, Inter Miami. Inter Miami gets Lionel Messi. Messi's probably, and we were talking before the podcast, to me, one of the top, at the least, top five players of all time. Some people even consider him the greatest of all time. He's he's up there in the conversation with Pelé, Maradona. You know, you want to throw in Ronaldo too. He's up there. But... Coming, you know, he comes now to Inter Miami, you know, a team that's been struggling. And from from day one, we saw that when he's on the pitch, that team's better. The passes, the just the energy. I mean, it's a different team. They have this kid, Robert Taylor, who nah, looked like the greatest player, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in MLS. Messi's uh, on, on another level, man. He, he's on another yeah. level, but he, he's going to make, you know, he, he's so great that the guys around him are going to feel great. Oh no! And the guys it's, around it's gonna them, be awesome. not only are they going to feel great, but the guys around them are going to have to work harder, and they're going to have to step up, and they're and that's going to make their them benefit. better. Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent to their benefit. But um, you know, I I knew some people that were at the game, and they had texted me they're like, "This guy's just this too good, this it's disgusting." Too good. Yeah, it's just too good. I mean, it comes from a league where it's more competitive. You know what I mean? But um, look, Europe is the big leagues. Yeah. That's the big leagues. You know, whether you play in the, in the Premier. Or La Liga, or or Bundesliga, or in the uh, in the in the French league, you know, or or what's it called? Or where does this or rank Italy? in there? Like MLS, I mean, uh, MLS is there with like you know Mexican league and other other leagues, you know, or around you know this this hemisphere, right? Um, it's it's decent. I mean, you, you have very good players that that play in the MLS. I covered MLS when I worked at Univision. I absolutely loved covering MLS, and I'm not a I'm not a soccer guy first, but you know soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, depends where you're from, right? Um, football was very good to me. I mean, I I made a career covering the sport, a sport I didn't grow up with, a sport I I knew nothing about. Um, I was able to win those Emmys covering the sport, and. You know, and, and you see there's a lot of competition, man. It's, uh, you know, when USA would play Mexico, it was another level. I mean, it, it, was, it was so good. And covering MLS was nice. You know, you, you got to see a lot of players that, you know, they, they would become accessible to you. Even even if, if, they, were, if they were big time, I, you know, I met Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Wayne Rooney. Nice. When, he came, when he came over here to the, to the States, you know, a, a lot of good players. The league is obviously not that. Like you want, if, if you're a professional soccer player in Mexico or the U.S. or in South America, 
the main goal is to play in Europe. Now, do a lot of players come from the Europe League here or no? Towards the end of their career, okay, I mean, if, but okay, if that's they're, what I'm if they're to. top tier, okay, but I mean, if there you might get be guys those, that, if you get those teams that are in that league and you put them in the MLS, would they dominate? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so it's another level, then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this guy was the best player at the other level. This guy's the best player. <laughs> period. He's the best. That's it. Imagine. Oh, that's it. what I'm saying. It's too easy for Armando. At the end of the day. This isn't what we just said, bro. So we got any team in there, they're going to come here and dominate. Like, and then this guy's the best player in that league? Imagine Otani like, playing... Playing wiffle ball? <laughs> maybe not wiffle ball, or but playing, playing in the against Sunday a, league? Pro, a pro league. Just like, oh, my God. Against, imagine Otani yeah, goes to like double A. Just on, yeah, it's just uh, guys on another level, o man. Otani in double A will throw like a no-hitter. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> no, hold on game. a second, but he's on another level late in his career. Late in his career. Dominating. Yeah, yeah. it's the right move. Yeah, man, and and look here here in the states, he's gonna maximize his exposure. It's just like I mentioned about Otani, right? You gotta make him. It, it's it's marketing. It's it's a business. It's not just oh, Otani plays baseball. Otani doesn't play baseball. He's a business. Exactly. Lionel Messi doesn't play football. He's a business. Like this is huge for the city. I mean, Lionel Messi is gonna be everywhere. He's a Publix. He's a fresh market. Uh, he's going to be on every freaking billboard. This guy's going to make money yeah. on top of money on top of money on top Crazy. of money in endorsements. That's why, like, Saudi Arabia thinks they could just throw, oh, here, here's this money. Take it. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. But I'm thinking long term. I mean, Lionel Messi here is 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 going to be a, a god. Yeah. You know, he's going he's gonna to make money from here till... Whenever and he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna have ownership in 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 the league and the team at some point, and he's just gonna maximize this deal to to you know, for, to for you know to further his his not only his career but the rest of his life. Let's talk about the Saudi Arabia deal. So it was gonna be like one point one billion. Yeah. Right. And now they just threw seven hundred something million at at Mbappe from France. Right. Um, what do you say? And he didn't I take mean, it do, either. Do, yeah, but they don't take it because. What are the reasons for not taking it? Because it's Saudi Arabia. Well, for, for for Messi, all the reasons I said, you know, he's late in his career. Right. He has two houses But like here. this guy, like how would this guy and, turn and Mbappe down? Mbappe right now is in the prime of his career. He's still a, a young but kid. it's a one-year deal though, 1.1. 1. 1. He's like, still a like, young kid, like, but he's going to go you know? play in Real Madrid, which Real Madrid's one of the top. Real Madrid's like the Yankees. Right. You know, I mean, Real Madrid is probably the more most recognizable uniform in, in, right. in, in, in soccer. And what do they pay him there? They're not gonna pay him seven hundred million, but he's, he's gonna he's gonna get a good amount of money. Like what, two hundred million, hundred million? No, probably around there. But you know the endorsements, the endorsements, stuff, yeah. and all that, and winning, winning the, oh, yeah. winning the, the La Liga, oh, yeah. winning the the Champions League. That to, it's like, hey, you know, young guy, you you want to win all these titles. But come play in, in Saudi Arabia yeah. where you're not going to yeah, win exactly. anything. Oh, yeah. That, and, well, and then when Messi is different, you've won it all. Do you want to go here or do you want to go chill and live in sunny hey, Isles? Um, uh, oil money goes deep, baby. Saudi my Arabia. God, <laughs> oh, my God. They're trying to buy, they try to buy F1, right? They try, like, guys are out of control. The golf? Oh, my God. The live tour? It's going to be interesting. I want to see how that, uh, that merger ends up. Guys, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. We'll keep, keep our tabs on that. They're gonna take over a lot of stuff. Yeah, oil money runs deep. Yep. So, and you know, before we go, I wanted to talk about uh, boxing. We have probably the 
hasn't been marketed correctly, man, because a lot of people don't even know it's a Saturday. But Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence are fighting for the basically the welterweight championship of the world. Two, the two, to me, is the two best fighters in boxing today. Um, I mean, if, technically, right? Because, you know, not now anyway, the, the monster fought the other day against uh, Stephen Fulton, cool boy Steph, and he, he beat his ass. I mean, in a way, it's called the monster from Japan, went from 118 to 122 pounds um, and, and just destroyed, destroyed the champion. I mean, it wasn't even... It wasn't even close. Um, ended up knocking him out. Uh, so this guy, based on on what on what he's doing in the ring, what he did the other day, could be considered the um, the top pound for pound fighter in in boxing, right? Um, so right now he's the you know the super bantamweight champion, junior featherweight champion. So he could be considered number number one, two, or three. The other guys are Errol Spence. And Terrence Crawford, and they're going to be fighting this Saturday. This is one of those fights that's been marinating in boxing for, for a bit. And the reason it hasn't happened has been because of promotion. You know, one guy was with Top Rank, the other guy's with uh, PBC. They couldn't get the numbers right. No, I want 60-40. No, it's 70-30, whatever. Whoever, it became a pissing contest, right? Um, thankfully, we've had fights being made, you know, in the last few years. So it started like kind of inching towards getting closer and closer and closer. Um, would I have liked to have seen it maybe a couple of years ago, three years ago? Sure, but it's not like if these guys have regressed and you're, you're seeing it at at the end of their career. I mean, Crawford is already in his mid thirties. Um, Spence isn't you know too you know that that young either, but they're still they're still in their prime, and 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 it's gonna be a hell of a fight. I'm I'm a big Terrence Crawford fan. I think he's going to win by by a, either a a close decision or he'll end up stopping him late in the fight because when he gets you in trouble, he's probably the best finisher in boxing. But Errol Spence, you know, don't count him out. The guy could punch. They're they're um he's southpaw. Crawford fights both. He's he fights right handed and left handed. He's he switches. He he does like the Marvin Hagler, which. Uh, they're the only two people I feel like have have really done it effectively, but it's a hell of a fight. Like if you if you're hearing about this for the first time, watch it. I know our, I know our boy Mike Maulini's gonna be he's probably he's up there. over there. Oh, and you heard it here first, Mandito, giving you the rundown. <laughs> no, but this is a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. Watch it. If if like like I said, if if you're just finding out, find a friend's house. Yeah. Just. Order of the fight. It doesn't matter. This is this is the big time. We look forward to Saturday night at Mandito's house. Yep, Let's check it out. Yep, I'm gonna be here watching. Hopefully, Mike can make it. I mean, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good fight. Let's see. And you know what's on Sunday? WWE. They're coming here to Miami. Are I'm they? taking you're Anderson. going. Oh yes, yeah. Rico. Absolutely. That's fun. We're gonna be That's dressing fun. Cody Rhodes gear. Oh, Anderson knows the song, so love that. We're we're ready. That's always a good show, right? Yeah, it's fun, it's man. Fun. And, you know, it's it. a house show, so it's not televised. So you you pretty much go into it knowing, like, if, if, if the champion's fighting a guy who's going to fight at SummerSlam, the champion's going to win <laughs> on Sunday. He's not going to lose that title before SummerSlam. But it's going to be fun, you know. It, it's it's a it's a show. I mean, I've, I, I, I grew up loving wrestling. 
and I started watching it again as a as a teen and in college, you know, with Stone Cold and The Rock and all that. Then I stopped for a bit. And now with Anderson, I I got back into it and love it. Absolutely love it. Bring back a lot of memories, huh? Oh yeah, and you know, and then you you know, you talk about like the different eras and, and all that stuff. And it's crazy because a lot of the wrestlers of our era are beginning to pass away and stuff. Yeah, like most of them wow. are dead. Yeah, <laughs> the majority of them are dead. Hulk Hogan's still going. He's still going, still but going. He's, he's, he's not, not walking he's too not too well. Yeah, not Oh, and before we go, just to keep tabs, man. Um, Biden falls again, and Mitch McConnell yesterday. Well, the seat though that was rough. Man, eighteen seconds. He just stopped. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah. more than eighteen. I mean, he yeah. just like. Yeah, Stop gotta, talking. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine. And, and you know, I know everybody has their, oh, Biden and Trump and this and that. You know, everybody has their, the person they cheer for, right? Uh, in politics, even though I, I don't know why we should be cheering politicians. But, um, dude, yeah, when they're older. That's it. That's yeah, that's man. It. Yeah. You, know, you can tell yeah. already, man. Like, you, I don't know why it's such a, like... It, they're all it's old. Like, it's common, dude, yeah. They're, they're in their 80s. You know, they're 80 year old. Diane Feinstein's still in the Senate. But she's the 90 years old. Yeah, yeah, Pelosi's yeah. 83. Yeah, Look, she's yeah. with it yeah. until she's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even Trump is with it at 77 until he's until not. Until he's not, yeah. You know, and, and we are, at least till now, like the world's superpower. We're like the, the country yeah. that everybody looks at. Yeah. We, we can't have this happening at the top. No, I don't. We can't have yeah. our presidents mumbling or falling. Yeah. One of our Senate leaders. Yeah, it's a bad look, like, and it's not the right time for that. You know, no. it's a bad look. You know, like is this like the is this the best we got? Nah, no, we gotta we gotta do better. Is this the best we no, got? No, we gotta do better. You know, um, you know whether we gotta do better, man. Whether you yeah. dislike or like or whatever, you know, like presidential elections coming up next yeah, year. Yeah, next year. I much rather is see. Next, is it next year? Yeah, twenty twenty four. That's crazy. I much rather see. DeSantis or Tim Scott or Nikki Haley or yeah, anybody to, that's young. They're going to have to battle the against now. Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris or whoever the Democrats put, but somebody that's young, man, a little more with it. That they're know? not going to, they're not going to, that's not going to happen midway through, through a sentence, you know, and it sucks, you know, because I lost my dad to Alzheimer's yeah. and seeing yeah, that yeah, it, it, you know, it, it sucks. It sucks, bro. And you know, it's a bad look. Yep. It's a bad look at the wrong time. Yep. Not now, you know. And don't so. you know? And and don't and for people like don't don't make it about politics. No, bro. If you're if you're saying, oh, Biden's old, you can't say the other guy's can, not old. You know, can like, we all agree that the cocaine was a cover up? Oh, absolutely. That they covered it up. Can we all agree in that? Absolutely. Look, man. It if you're in the White House and you have all the cameras, <laughs> you have all the Secret Service, and oh and you can't God, determine bro. whose cocaine oh it was. God. Oh no, we investigated. We couldn't find out. Come on now. Now Hunter Biden's back in hot water. If we would have been in the, in the game in the board game Clue, we would have figured it out. Remember the yep. board game Clue? It was this guy with this weapon yep. with this, H- this room. HP in the <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> we would have figured it out within twenty five minutes. It would have been oh, easy. Oh man! So, but hey, you man. know the the cover ups. Oh, and by the way, they said that aliens are real. Yeah, you saw that a guy? A little aliens guy are real. Up. Came up, guy. Hey, guy, came spin some game. Let's see. Yep. But a friend of mine said yeah. that he believed in aliens until the government said it's real. Now he doesn't no, believe he doesn't in them believe anymore. anymore. <laughs> Smart. But this has been episode 45 of Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. Thank you for listening. We're getting ready to eat some ice cream. Let's do it. Carvel. That, and, and it definitely has sugar. Flying That's tosser. for Randy. <laughs> Later. Later.